Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn side space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back live. You're listening to a recording of my voice. Uh, my name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer and uh, been doing this for 17 years on the radio. For you newbies out there, this is something you have never heard or seen before because we're streaming it as well. And I'm not going to uh, reintroduce everybody here because you just heard it on the recording. But I am going to uh, tell you about our mystery shopping report again because if you have never listened to the show or rarely maybe forgot about it, our mystery shopping report is something to behold. It's kind of like keeping all the car dealers in the area, and for that matter, now that we're international, all over, uh, keeping them uh, honest, transparent. Uh, we go into a car dealership somewhere in Florida. I say South Florida, but we have ventured north uh, quite, quite a distance. I've been all the way up to Pensacola, Florida. We even get phone-in mystery shopping reports from other areas of the country. But every week, somewhere, usually in Florida, uh, we're visiting a car dealership pretending to buy or lease a car. Uh, we're also going to be going into pretending to service a car because the service department can also be uh, a minefield when you go in there to get, be taken advantage of. Uh, there's one other thing I have to say before I go around the room and let everybody introduce themselves is uh, you know, we, uh, we are not trying to we're not trying to embarrass car dealerships. We're not trying to uh, be the bad guy to attack and, and uh, tell people how to do their business. What we're trying to do is let them know that if they change their ways, they can actually sell cars the right way with transparency and honesty. And the other point I want to make is that we're not just doing this on a hunch. I have to mention this Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics and professions. You can Google it. Just go to Google and put in Gallup poll, honesty and ethics in professions, or just probably honesty and ethics, Gallup poll. Since 1977, the Gallup organization, the most respected worldwide polling organization, has asked people all over the world, United States primarily, which businesses that you deal with are the most honest and ethical. And when they, when they do this, and they've been doing it for 40-some-odd years, car dealers are always on the bottom. Now, most of you know that. Some of you don't. A lot of car dealers don't know that. That's why we're here. So we've got a team in this room uh, at the studio, the radio studio. As I say, we're streaming on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we're on uh, uh, YouTube. YouTube is really big. And uh, uh, I think we even had one from... Uh, what was the one we had that we hadn't seen in a long time? Periscope. Periscope. I forgot the name. It's not very popular. It used to be. It came on, but we actually had a Periscope. So we're, we're streaming all over the place, and uh, you can tune us in here right at the radio show, or you could just go to stream 
EarlOnCars.com. So I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to start to my left with Nancy Stewart. She's my co-host. She's my wife. Uh, she started uh, this radio show with me 17 years ago when we were only half an hour. And she's very special because she has made this a co-ed show. We started out as an old boys club, Earl Stewart on cars, and all the guys called in. And, and with Nancy's uh, persistence and leadership, uh, we now have a very significant female audience. And let's face it, the world sees things differently through female eyes, or female sees the world differently through their eyes than men do, and that's just the way it is. And if they're half the population, they should have half the say-so. Nancy, it's all yours. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another exciting show. We're here to inform you, and we certainly want you to inform us. So take advantage of that toll-free number and give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And as Earl said, uh, I do represent all of you, but I do especially represent the women because there are times whenever their voice is not heard and uh, it doesn't, it certainly doesn't happen as often as it used to, but I'm still here uh, to represent the ones who aren't heard that I hear from throughout the week. And uh, also to let you know that the first two female callers can win themselves $50 this morning. Yes, the first two new lady callers can win themselves $50. So give us a call with a comment, uh, a question, anything at all. And uh, don't forget that you can uh, also go to youranonymousfeedback.com and uh, you can voice whatever you want right there. And uh, we'll read it and we'll read it on the air. So again, that number, 877-960-9960. Don't forget, we have a great mystery shopping report. Now back to the recovering car dealer. And by the way, riding on that, we need you to call. It's amazing the information we get. We got some very smart folks out there all over the country. And there's not a week that goes by that all of us learn something from you. So it's not a, you know, we're not up here as professors teaching you what to do. We're learning from you. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel good. It's really true. I want to introduce my son, Stu Stewart. I've already introduced him in the recording introduction. And uh, Stu has got probably his most important job is the uh, spy master. So Stu, just tell us a little bit about that and what's going to happen. Yeah, I just want to re reiterate what you said about us uh, not being uh, like the, the teachers or up here in like a lecturing sort of role because we Google half the st things you ask us anyway. Yeah, we don't need <laughs> us. We got Google. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I, I was just um, thinking to myself um, as we did, I haven't counted the number of mystery shopping reports over the years. And you know, there's more than uh, there's more mystery shopping reports than we have posted on Earl on Cars because uh, we started saving those things. Uh, gosh, I don't know, maybe ten years ago yeah. or yeah. eight years. I'll have to count them. Um, pr prior to that, they were just printed on pieces of paper. You brought them to the studio, and they're probably long gone. Or they're in the desk drawer at your house or something. I don't know. But I was just thinking. See, uh, there's the sheer amount of data that we've collected. 
Yeah. I mean, that all those reports, um, somebody, and, and don't look at me, don't assign me to do this, could come up with a massive study on car dealer behavior, statistics. I mean, there's enough data in there. Um, and to the actually, evolution of that behavior. Yeah, uh, you can you could uh, you could uh, you know track that sort um, the behavior over time. You can see if it changed. You can see trends. Um, not any. I don't think anybody knows this. I have a background in social science. I have a, a degree in anthropology from University of Florida, and it kind of reminds me of field work. Um, not exactly. I mean, I don't want an anthropologist calling tell me that it's not really field work. But when we send an agent out into the field. Uh, it's kind of similar to so, social science work, and so you go out there, collect a lot of data. We know that we influence the results because we're interacting with the subjects, but um, um, it's still an amazing amount of data, and, and one day we'll, we'll, we'll do something <laughs> with it. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, this week was just crazy, and I, I don't want to over-tease it you know, and, and build it up too much, but we, we stumbled on something really, really weird <laughs> this, this week. I mean, something that... Uh, I, you know, for, for a moment I thought, was that put up there for our benefit? <laughs> was it bait? Well, you've been in the cars? business for 20-some-odd years. I've been in the business for 50-some-odd years. And you'd think we saw everything. But every now and then, as Stu just said, yeah. you see something, you say, I can't believe they're doing this. Yeah. But usually the craziest things that we find are sent to us by listeners, um, friends, people they know that will be, be interested. We just, this was pure luck. We just went to a website started uh, looking around and then we found um, something really really weird so stay tuned uh, it's gonna be great very good okay we uh, to my right is Rick Kearney uh, he's a certified diagnostic master technician and I'll be the first one to admit that we focus too much on car sales we talk about particularly new car sales and then used car sales and we, we tend to forget we don't mystery shop enough dealerships on service and we should uh, it's uh, a problem throughout all car dealerships. I am a car dealership. I am a car dealer. I own a car dealership. And, and to, to give you full transparency and disclosure, this is not an infomercial. I always have to follow that up by saying I don't try to advertise our car dealership. This is truly a consumer advocate show. But in my car dealership, we tend to overemphasize new car sales. They're the, they're the, the salespeople that get all the credit. And even my used car salespeople feel discriminated against because we don't talk about it. And I know my service people feel that because we, we talk, talk, talk car sales. Uh, there's some logic to that because the more cars we sell, the more cars come in for service. But guys like Rick Kearney here are the unsung heroes of all car dealerships. Uh, Rick is here to help you with your problems with your complicated computerized cars. And he's the best of the best. I've been with me for well over 20 years, and I don't know another technician, uh, I should call him a computer scientist, that knows more about it. Rick, tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, 25 years turning wrenches professionally, and I started out learning how to work on my own stuff just for necessity, and I fell in love with the idea of finding and solving the problems on cars. And as they've gotten more and more complicated, it just makes it more of a challenge and a little more fun. And I'm going to take the opportunity to tell George Mogul from YouTube, because we monitor our YouTube, and we get a lot of questions here. Mm -hmm. um, George is saying, I have a 2010 Scion TC, and 115,000 miles, is it a good idea to flush the automatic transmission? And the answer is, George, not really. Toyota has specified that our transmission fluids are meant for the life of the car for most modern cars. 
unless you're having a problem with the transmission, which should be diagnosed then by a good reputable transmission shop or a dealership, I see no reason to flush the transmission. If it's running normally, leave it alone. In your glove compartment, you usually will find a book for every single car that is your factory recommended maintenance. And if it doesn't say it in that factory recommended maintenance, then you won't need it. Yeah, it's uh, it, I'm I'm as guilty as anybody. I don't read owner's manuals. I don't read instructions. I get something in a box that needs to be assembled. I usually mess it up, and then I go find the instructions so I can unmess it up. Uh, we're all guilty of that. And uh, if you uh, don't listen to anything else we say today, get your owner's manual of your car. If you can't find it, you can buy one from the dealer. You can probably buy them online. Actually, uh, you can find them online for free. Yeah, you can download it. You can print it out. Yeah. Exactly. Read uh, the maintenance requirements and read the, as much as you can. The problem with the manufacturers today is they get carried away in their owner manual. I have an owner manual. I drive a Lexus, and I have an owner's manual that looks like Encyclopedia Britannica. In yep. fact, it's so big and so heavy, it's in two different areas. It takes up all the space in my glove compartment. So you see that, and when you buy the car, you say... <laughs> I I can't read that. And you put it away and you never see it again. But in there, there's a quick reference guide, I think. Mm -hmm. And go in there, read the quick reference guide, and read the recommended maintenance. Yep. And so. And okay, one, one other quick one for you. If you happen to have something in your car, say, because you drive a very complicated vehicle with a lot of controls, and you're not always sure what they all do, what they're for, grab your cell phone sit in your car and pull up a YouTube and look for the YouTube videos that tell you yeah. how to work those controls. Yeah. There's hundreds of them out there, a lot of great people that will give you the advice to tell you how to work those complicated controls and right. show you. So while you're sitting in the car, you can sit and play with it yeah. while it's showing it on, the, on your phone. Let me ask you a question. Are the more intelligent, uh, efficient, useful YouTubes in order, in other words, when I, I do this sometimes, I don't do it enough, and, and I go on a particular subject, is is the the YouTube person on the top, is generally that the best, or you go down? Usually they're the one with the most likes, most likes and the yeah. most good reviews, yeah. which yeah. means people have found that information helpful. I thought so. So, like I say, also, if you find that helpful, give that person a like on their channel. Absolutely. Well, folks... Um <clears throat> I'm going I'm to interrupt you guys, and uh, I'm going to tell everyone, stick around, because uh, Rick has got some amazing knowledge. He definitely does, and he'll answer any of your questions. But right now, we are going to go to the star of all stars, and that is Tina from Bonita Springs. Good morning, Tina, and welcome. Where you been? Good morning. Uh, good morning. How are y'all doing? Actually, I tried to call in last week, and I couldn't call in because y'all are busy. Yeah. And that actually makes me happy that you have people calling in, lots of people. So I was like, well, you know, those pe everybody gets a break from hearing me slap my app. <laughs> so I guess that was kind of good in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need a more robust phone system. I think they can only handle so much on the station. I think four or five calls. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, Tina? Yeah, but still, it was it was good. Well, uh, Rick, I wanted to turn my attention to you because Florida has some unique situations regarding tires. We are not like other parts of the country that are the snow belts. 
So for people that are needing to buy tires, I was wondering if you had any advice for those of us that live in Florida. My recommendation is to look for the highest quality tires you can afford. And Consumer Reports is a great way to get good information on what the best tires are, the highest quality, the longest tread wear ratings. And I would absolutely get the best quality tires you can afford. We do have better roads condition-wise than some of the other places in the country. But right now we're going into a rainy season and we've got hurricane season possibly coming. Roads are going to be wet and slick all the time. Folks, good tires are what keeps your car on the road. And Tina, let me add there, uh, uh, Costco is a great source of tires. Uh, the prices are extremely competitive. Uh, Costco carries nothing but quality brand tires, but as Rick said, you can double check that with consumerreports.org uh, and uh, verify. But you get a great price, and uh, you even have a they they, they actually uh, have service departments there too. They have, yep. you can do uh, basic maintenance at at Costco. Yep. And if you're lucky enough to have one in your area, and Sam's Club probably has the same thing. Uh, I know they mount and balance tires. I don't know if they do other services yeah. or not. Yeah. Okay, Dana. Well, well, what I was wondering, Rick, is there a particular brand that you really have an affinity for that you think is reliable and that you like personally? I, I got to admit, I have two brands that I prefer overall. One is Michelin, of course, because Michelin simply is the top quality bar none. And the other brand that I like the best for my vehicles is Toyo. I've had really good oh, luck with wow. Toyo tires on my cars. Uh, I drive a Tacoma pickup, and the set of Toyos that I've had on there now have been on for about 50,000 miles, and I've still got a ton of tread left on them. And tend to be careful about brands because uh, brands are important, but the more money is spent on a brand, the more aware you are of a brand. Uh, Michelin... Firestone, a lot of these, when you say name a tire, you're going to say Michelin or Firestone or Goodyear because they spend so much money. Uh, there are some excellent tires out there. Very few people probably have heard of Toyo. Uh, there's some Chinese tires out there, and I don't want to get political about this. I know some people won't buy anything unless it's made in America. What they don't know is a lot of these tires that are made that have uh, American names are made somewhere else, but that's another show. Uh, but Consumer Reports list uh, all of them, and if they have never heard of a tire, and Consumer Reports or the name, the brand, Consumer Reports says it's a good tire, you can count on it. And uh, as I say, Chinese and Japanese tires often are more competitive because Michelin and Firestone, the well-aware brands, uh, they take advantage of the fact that you know their brand, and they charge you more for the tire. I had a set on my, on my beloved Miata. I had a set of Toyo T1S tires. Those things were the absolute best. Mm -hmm. Since they were a sporty tire, they only lost 15,000 miles, but they were a very happy 15,000 miles, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you know, uh, Tina, uh, Consumer Report, boy, I'll tell you what, you can't go wrong. They've got some trusted ratings on tires, tires that I haven't even heard of, as uh, Earl mentioned uh, just a bit ago. Uh, but the Consumer Report, like I said, you definitely can't go wrong. 
they just rate these tires, use the test the tire. It's amazing. Yes, but now we've got the official Rick recommendation for tire brands to look for. <laughs> well, the- you're right about that, Tina, most definitely. Um, he has uh, some amazing knowledge about everything under the hood, yes, he the tire, does. everything. He's just um, one in a million. Y'all are going to make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all free, Tina. The, the information that you hear on this show is free. Is that amazing? Yes, it is. And ladies, before I go, Nancy and I cannot do this by ourselves. We need you to call in. So ladies, please call. Tina, thank you so much. I really appreciate, uh, you know, the plug. And uh, there are a lot of ladies out there, Tina, that aren't like you and will just pick up the phone and give us a call. They're a little bit bashful. So thank you for the plug. And ladies, the first two new lady callers you can win yourself fifty dollars don't forget fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers in that telephone number 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and again tina thank you now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. Uh, we really get a lot of people take advantage of that. It's a unique uh, website you go to, and you can communicate to us. You can say anything you want. You can call me bad names. You can call Nancy bad names. Can't call Stu. He doesn't like that. But uh, the point being, though, I'm only kidding. Uh, you can say whatever you want. We don't know who you are. And a lot of people opt for that. I, some people say, you know, I'm not afraid to speak up, but a lot of people just don't want the spotlight. Your anonymous feedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S feedback.com. What an excellent segue to some yeah. anonymous feedback. Okay, let's do it. All right. How, how the phone line's looking? Okay. Great. Good. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, this is a critic. Uh, yeah. Sorry. That's all right. Hey. <laughs> Line just lit up. We're going to go to Joe. Good morning, Joe. Joe's calling us. Good morning. Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning, Dave. My first time talking on the show. How are you? <laughs> oh, fantastic. Great. Uh, um, I, I have a, a question regarding online car buying, um, which is uh, becoming increasingly more popular. Uh, especially now that we've all been cooped up for three and a half months. Um, but my first question is with the maintenance side. And uh, um, had an experience here, uh, broke quarantine, drove to see my kids in Atlanta uh, last week, drove back and forth 600 miles each way, came back, parked my Mercedes SL550 on the driveway, unloaded it, went out the next morning. The car was stuck in gear, could not move it. Um, it warning light comes on, do not shift gears, visit dealership hmm. could not get the car bypassed the, the transmission sensor the tow truck guys came from gardens towing great guys a shout out for them they tried two guys came out we finally had to get the car up on the lift and bring it to uh the, the mechanics but um what's with those electronic transmissions and these sensors rick i like any mechanical thing sometimes things break um, so, we, I mean, we, that's why cars have warranty, because sometimes they break very early. But it can happen. I've seen transmissions fail very easily. And sometimes it's just they, when they were manufacturing it, 
a little piece of metal got caught in a solenoid or something. It may have even been floating around in the fluid for a while and then finally got caught in a solenoid to jam it up. But without knowing a full diagnosis, it's a little hard to really describe what's going on. But um, basically, transmissions now have reached the point where when we first started having automatic transmissions, they had two or even three speeds in them. Now you've got transmissions with up to 12 gears, 12 different speeds that that mm -hmm. transmission can handle. And the continuously variable transmissions basically have an infinite range of ratios that Joe, they can produce. Joe, what year, Mercedes, did you say that was? It's a 2013. It had 22,000 miles on it, 1,200 great miles driving the car, and boom, mm. just, just stopped. Yeah. That I just was on my driveway, not on I-95. <laughs> I just Googled the SL550. The 2007 uh, had chronic problems. I don't see the, the 2013 listed there, but... Uh, you could probably uh, go online and find some other chat rooms where they'll give you some information on, on this. And, of course, uh, the other thing that you want to do when the dealer has it in their hands, uh, be sure that they're, uh, if, find out if there are any technical repair bulletins. They call them, you know, TRB, a technical repair bulletin. Uh, also, there could even be a recall of some kind, but be sure, uh, oftentimes dealerships, they should be, but they're not aware of all the uh, technical repair buildings, yeah. and if they look, they can access it online, and that means that they'll take care of it for you at no charge. So, uh, Rick, uh, go ahead. Also, a, a car with that low of miles and that age, I mean, it's seven years, yeah, but still, I'd be asking them about the possibility of goodwill assistance on the warranty. Good point, yeah. Goodwill is... Uh, something that people don't know about because the dealers don't talk about it, manufacturers don't talk about it. But if you uh, put your foot down, as Rick says, when you have a low mileage situation or even time-wise, it can be out of warranty, but if it's low mileage or it could be higher mileage and it's within the time on the warranty, uh, usually when you're close like that to the warranty and you put your foot down, sometimes you have to call the 800 number to Mercedes or whoever the manufacturer is, Go to the top in the dealership, talk to the service manager, or if you can get to the dealer himself, the owner, do that, and say, this isn't right. I know technically I'm out of warranty, but the car's only got low mileage on it. Shouldn't have happened. Can you get me some help on this? If they diagnose it, call the manufacturer, Mercedes. Oftentimes, at our dealership, experience-wise, I'd say, uh, what would you say, 75% of the time or better? we're able to get some assistance. Oh, yeah. It just it takes effort and interest. That's all. That's yeah. All. yeah. So try that tactic instead of having to shell out a lot of money, which sounds like it might be an expensive proposition. <laughs> it's a mortgage payment. Hey, yeah. Thank you. That's great. Really? My oh. other question uh, uh, brings us to uh, uh, new car sales, which um, uh, I'm sure the dealers are, are bloated with inventory right now. Um, how how do you look at this online experience and how that's changing the landscape for folks? Um, I know walking into your dealership is, is an experience uh, different from many others, but, but across the country, dealerships are adapting to online sales and percentages is tipping. What, 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 what recommendations do you have for the shoppers, the buyers, uh, on how to approach online buying? Yeah, Stu's, Stu's, in the Stu's in the trenches on this, and he's uh, counting more or less um, 
runs our whole online buying thing. So he can answer that question very well. Go ahead, Stu. So uh, online buying or on online retailing is a, is a buzzword in the car business right now. Uh, the manufacturers are pushing it, and the reason for it, and it's been, they've been pushing it for a couple of years now, the reason for it is it's the recognition of the changing economy, you know, the transitioning from brick and mortar stores to you know, on time, on, online. Car dealers don't want to do this. Um, the old school model is still the, the dominant model in most car dealerships, and they want to get you in the dealership, set an appointment, and then apply the traditional uh, sales tactics. Um, I can speak for Toyota. Toyota's been pushing an online retail uh, um, functionality for dealerships for about two, two or three years now. Uh, prior to that, I mean, we, we got into it about in 2017, and our goal was to actually have like a real, um, you can, you know, just like Amazon, you, you click a few buttons online, the car shows buy. up. Yeah, click to buy. Um, now, all that resistance kind of by the car dealers kind of crumbled in the last couple of months because um, we had this pandemic. And so everybody said, well, gosh, thanks for letting me know. They all signed up with these online retailing platforms. Um, so that's the history. Um, the advice that I could give is uh, you, you'll figure out really, really quickly whether or not it's a real online experience. I mean, the first thing you look for is can you find a, the out-the-door price, the, the actual the price you'd write a check for um, right there on the website. If that's not visible or you have to speak to somebody about it, it's, it's not real online buying. When you're, when you're buying something on Amazon, you don't got to talk to a customer service representative who will then suggest that you show up to the Amazon Fulfillment Center and discuss the price. I mean, it's, that's, it's, you'll, you'll figure it out soon. But I'm going to say that, unfortunately, the vast majority, and I'm going to say in the upper 90% um, uh, majority, does not offer true online retailing. Um, there, there are some. Um, I, I mean, like we said, it's not an in, infomercial. You know, our dealership does, um, and there are a few that I know of that do. Um, they're not in Florida, <laughs> so uh, you got to be careful. But it's it's easy to figure out because the second you can get all the information you need right there on the website, um, and uh, you, you'll figure it out. The other thing is um, delivery. Uh, Talk it's, about it's, the inventory. We want to be sure we clear up oh, yeah, the yeah, inventory. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it might seem because business has slowed down that um, inventories would be bloated. That is not the case at all. Um, anticipating <coughs> this, um, all the manufacturers shut down production um, back in March and April for a large period of time. Inventories are at historic lows right now. Yeah. And that's why you're ah. going to start to see, yeah, you're going to start to see um, um, incentives go down as it becomes uh, harder and harder to get cars getting the color you want, getting the equipment you want, it's going to get harder and harder. And it's not going to, for Toyota, it's not going to start getting better till August. And, um, I, and I imagine it's probably a, you know, even tougher situation with the domestic uh, um, manufacturers. Good, good information. Yeah. Good information. Um, and and, I, and I, I think you're right. People are going online expecting that really good, quick experience like an Amazon, like you said. Um, and then getting, you know, oh, you have to email it in, and then you finally yeah. get a call or back from, you know, five different salespeople from the same dealership, um, and then you still didn't get, you still don't get a price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, even at our dealership, we started in July 2017, and it was it, it's only been like a handful of a month um, over the last three years that people actually did that, and I think it's you know the, the market's trained, you know, it's it's. And, and they're probably rightfully um, skeptical about um, even our, our claims. Yeah, um, sure. But um, after the pandemic hit, um, that changed, and we started doing about 15% of our sales um, online with home delivery. So 
it's still a, a small fraction of our total sales, um, but it's it's definitely picking up. Great. Well, terrific. Thanks, everybody, and have a great rest of the weekend. Stay Thank safe. you, Joe. Right, Thank thanks. you, Joe. Thank you for tuning in and giving us a call for the first time. Hope to hear from you next week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that phone number, toll-free, is 877-960-9960, and the text is 772-497-6530. And don't forget, ladies, uh, we're right here for you to answer your questions uh, and uh Please don't be bashful. Give us a call. Uh, I'll give you a little incentive. Uh, you can win yourself $50 this morning. First two new lady callers, you can win yourself $50. Ladies, did you know that you influence uh, this uh, uh, overall buying decision by 85% and uh, you purchase, purchase most of the cars. That's 65%. And uh, if you go through the service drive, you'll find it to be more than 50% of the women who are getting their cars or their family's cars serviced. So please, you're an important part of the show. Uh, give us a call. Now back to Stu. We have anonymous feedback, and it is a critique. Um, response to your blog, Car Dealerships Endangering Customers. Um, I could not have said this better myself. This is an excerpt from Martha Ross's. This is an excerpt from Martha Ross's article posted on the Medical Press. Um, quote: But experts say it doesn't help to let fear turn people into self-righteous social vigilantes. Uh, shaming people online or in public can be counterproductive if the goal is to change behavior and pull everyone together in a time of national crisis. Here's where the etiquette comes in. Emily Post once said that. Considering the rights and feelings of others is the very foundation upon which social life is built. Simon Thomas added, etiquette is a way for people to get along in situations that are ambiguous, which is what we find ourselves in now. Um, you are one of those shamers. You, you conduct your affairs with per the perfect example of being for others, but you also put them down, and those other dealers are not wanting to work with you, but rather against you now. It's a typical psychology to fight against what hurts and what hurts you and publicly criticize you. Lead by example and a helping hand to raise up those dealer standards may work better than the hammer to beat them down. And here's the link for your reading pleasure, and it's a link to the um, the Emily Post stuff. Um, but I know you, you're anxious, you're chomping at the bit to re address that. I responded to it to the uh, okay. anonymous feedback. Do you have the do you have the anonymous feedback response? No, no, I can't. Well, say I'll that. I'll summarize it. Uh, uh, first of all, I said it was very intelligent and articulate statement. I agree with a lot of things uh, that the uh, anonymous feedback said. Uh, generally speaking, uh, it's not a good idea to shame people. Uh, and it, you know, she mentioned Emily Post and some other people. You know, on a personal basis, uh, uh, I, I, I would never resort to that. Uh, the reason I resort to what I do uh, with car dealers is that car dealers have one thing on their mind. Uh, and they're business people, and all business people have number one focus for a business person is what? It's profit. And you want to sell a lot of the product, you want to have a higher margin, and you want the bottom line to be there. And everybody that is in business, the retail business especially, their number one motivator is profit. So by shaming those dealers or exposing those dealers that don't enforce and regulate their salespeople to wear face masks, uh, 
by exposing them, they are hurting their bottom line. Uh, most of you out there, if you know that this Chevrolet dealership that you go into, everybody in there is wearing a face mask. They have, uh, they have hand cleanser, they have social distancing, they have uh, sneeze shields. They take extra care for their employees and their customers. Uh, we have another Chevrolet dealership where nobody wears a mask, uh, there's no hand sanitizer, and uh, they don't even require their customers to wear a mask or ask them, which of those two Chevrolet dealerships will you go in to first? Uh, and you may never go into the other one. Well, you know, you know the answer. So car dealers listen to this radio show religiously. Word spreads fast in this business. And I promise you that as a result of us shaming and embarrassing these car dealers that are so careless and unconcerned about their customers and their employees to tell them uh, or not tell them they must wear a face mask, these same uh, uh, car dealers will change their policy and I'm going to go out on a limb, I'd say, two weeks from now, when we go out and shop at Mystery Shop, we will find most car dealers doing it the other way. Two-thirds of the dealers we shopped up until a week ago did not require any face masks. Uh, a month from now, two-thirds will, and eventually we'll probably see close to 90%. Yeah. So that's my answer. And, and, and also, just to tag on to that, to be effective, I, I do understand the point. You set the example, and others will follow. Um, and without bragging, we have been setting the example, and then the real-world experiences, it, it hasn't been followed to this point. Well, and so, and uh, you know, we'll pat ourselves on the back. We're selling a lot of cars. Yeah. We're selling more cars today, relatively speaking, uh, than any other dealer in our market. And we are also one of the dealers that has taken extra precautions to be very careful. We require any, any customer that comes into uh, our dealership, they must wear a face mask. And we provide a face mask if they don't have one. And we do all the rest of it with a hand sanitizer, the sneeze shield, the social spacing, and our employees and everybody. So we're very careful. People are, you car dealers listening to this, you try the same thing and you'll sell more cars too. I'm not trying to uh, taunt you or embarrass you. I'm trying to get you to act smart to help you sell more cars. Rick? Mr. Hand is asking... Please ask that person to explain this ambiguity he or she mentions. What shaming is there in exposing non-caring dealers? Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know I, I I agree with that, and I, I I think that there is a time and place for shaming, and it's it's usually in during the mystery shopping report. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it, but in general, uh, leading by example, if I have children. Uh, and I did have children. One of, the ch one of my children is sitting right across from me. Hey, and daddy. If I had been a better daddy, I probably, I'm sure I shamed you, Stu, and I apologize. I, I did nothing but worthy of if shame. I had, if, if I had been wiser, <laughs> a wiser father, I would have led by example, and I would have coached and tried to explain things better. And shaming a child that's is not okay. a good now idea. I'm taking it all out on the car dealers now. <laughs> now I'm taking it all out. That, that's, that's, exactly. pretty, that's pretty weird, isn't it? You were yeah. a car dealer, and now I lash out at car dealers. <laughs> Exactly. There's yeah. some psychological stuff going on there. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, and also pr procuring masks and other uh, safety equipment is, has become like a full-time job. I mean, we're spending thousands of dollars on masks. We're going all over the world looking for places. 
yeah, it's it's a little. It's I, I wish it wasn't this way. I mean, I wish we could focus on on the other stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, it is important. So we uh, <clears throat> we set up example here. That's all we want to do, and uh, we're not here to shame anybody, uh, but just set an example. Yeah. Our phone number is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and of course you can text us at seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero, and don't forget your anonymous feedback.com. And uh, we are going to go to one of our favorite callers from Palm City, and that is John. Thank you so much for holding, John, and welcome to Good the morning. show. Good morning. Good morning to everyone. I'm proud of Tina bringing up about the fact of women buying tires. Here's the wonderful story that Nancy would be proud of. Yes. On Thursday, I spoke to a woman. She lost her husband last August. He used to handle everything with the automobiles. He left her with two cars. She's keeping one in honor of him. It's a 60. It's had to be a Chevrolet. I think they bought it new. So she needed tires for her modern car. She she knew what she wanted from Consumer's Reports. She went to a multi-brand tire dealership, pretending she doesn't really know much. She said, listen, I want to be educated in every one of those symbols. You have a tire on the floor. What all those symbols mean. I want you to go over it with me, please. You know, in other words, this is the temperature, this is the size. And he had a chart which he copied and gave her. Wonderful, wonderful chart. She gave me a copy. I think it was put out by Goodyear. Oh. And he went over actual every item, the DOT, all the symbols on the tire. And then she even educated me more from the symbols she gave me. She gave me that there's three different size tires. Numeric, alphametic, and P-metric. Well, the Merrick is, is like a 60 car would be. That's, they use that from the 20s to the 60s. That's like a 7, 10, 15. It's the width. I won't go over the other detail. The alphametic is an F-series. And then the P-metric, which is what we use now, is the latest. It's confusing, but it all explains it. And she, she was honored to get that uh, actual printout from them. So she knew right away, she knew the date on the tire and everything, and she just was, it was a wonderful experience. But this is why a woman goes in and it really doesn't know anything and winds up with an actual chart from the tire dealer who was more than honest with her. Yeah. And she did wind up buying the tire that she knew she wanted because she saw it in Consumer Reports. What a great so, story, John. Uh, I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, uh, because unfortunately, there are some women out there that are left with a job because they've lost their significant other who did everything. And there they are, and uh, they just don't know in what direction to turn. And this lady was savvy enough to remedy the problem. And she's prepared. And uh, knowledge, as I always say, is power. Great story, John. I'm very proud of her. Yes, indeed. A lot of women listening right now are definitely proud of her. And happy Father's Day to the fathers that are out there. Oh, thank thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's great. Happy Father's Day to you, too, John. Okay, the kudos to uh, Goodyear, by the way. Uh, uh, You hear that, Firestone? You hear that, Michelin? Uh, I bet you Costco does something like that. But what a cool idea, having a chart 
that uh, translates all the uh, garbage on the side of a tire that was uh, probably decided by the, the federal government. The way they encode things like the date is uh, no rhyme, no reason. Right. You, you really yeah. need, a, sense. You need exactly. a code. You need a code book. And so Goodyear has come out with a code book. And I hope all the tire manufacturers do. I'm going to get a copy of that chart. You know what I'd like to see? Have you ever seen on the Google Translate app that translates um, different languages and they use the yeah. camera? And it sees that it can actually reads the text. It's OCR, optical recognition. Um, they should have a program where you, sh you, you point your phone at the tire, it reads the symbols, and translates it to English. Yeah. Absolutely. Great idea, Stu. You're yeah. going to be a rich man. You better patent up. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on record. So. <laughs> Rick has a point on that subject right here. Something that I saw once when I was a kid, my dad, we went into a tire kingdom to get new tires on his car, and they had this little wooden model car that had adjustable parts for camber, caster, and toe, so the guy could actually take this little car and set it in front of you and explain all the ways of an alignment adjustments mm -hmm. on your car by showing you on this little model. And I thought that was so cool. I, I think I ought to reinvent one of those. Yeah, absolutely. That was an awesome idea. Yeah. I learned how to uh, how a rotary Mazda rotary engine worked from a model that you used to have on your desk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the extent of my engine knowledge. I mean, it's so complicated to take a look at the side of your tire. I'm sitting, you know, in front of my tire on the floor and I'm holding my head. Why is there so much information on the side of that tire that nobody understands? Mm. Okay, how are we doing on text? And I got, I got plenty. I'm sure go. Rick's got some too. Let's answer some questions. Yeah. I got one quick one here. Uh, Kyle's asking, are Toyota dealers not doing inventory trades because of the inventory issue right now? They well, are doing inventory. They're trades. doing a lot of them, probably more yeah. than ever. Yeah. Uh, it's a little hard to. It's like a negotiation because there are certain models that are very, very short supply, certain models that are not so short, and so it's a matter of uh, negotiation and. But I have an excellent point to make if I don't say if I do say so myself. Uh, a lot of dealerships, um, it's 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 a no-no uh, to do a locate. In other words, to trade for another vehicle, they want to sell what they have in stock. Um, they want to do a spot delivery. They want to get you excited about the car that you drove, and they want to get you in the box quickly and get you on the road. Um, so it go runs counter to the culture in a lot of dealerships to do um, we call them locates, but they're dealer transfers or trades. Mm -hmm. Um, and they charge sometimes. They gig the salesman's yeah. commission or they charge the customer for the trade. They do whatever they can to disincentivize that. Now, when push comes to shove, I think if they're going to lose a deal, they're going to do that. Um, like, I gotta, it's, it's, it's hard not to, I'm just going to say, like, you know, we're used to doing that. Um, we've done dealer trades. We get criticized for the, the number of trades that we do. We criticize ourselves because we could probably do a better job selling from our stock. But, um, so the dealers that are now in this new reality of, of like extremely, extremely uh, stressed inventory levels, um, um, they're doing something they don't want to do. Um, so there's going to be a, a harder push at a lot of dealerships to get you into the blue car when you wanted the white car. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, you might get a good deal. They might say, hey, if you take the blue car that we have here, we'll take another 500 off. But um, it, just, it just adds another complication to a, an already complicated situation. Okay, oh, the lines are lit up, and we are going to go to another regular caller, and that's Howard. Thank you for holding, Howard. Good morning. My pleasure. Happy Father's Day to you all. Thanks, mm -hmm. Howard. Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, great. Um, I have a couple of questions for Rick. Uh, Rick, you, I had a 1970 Plymouth Valiant, and uh, I had the slant six engine. I think that was the best engine, American engine ever made. Do you agree with me? No. 
Uh oh. I always liked the old Chevy 350. Hmm. It it yeah, was. Uh, for six cylinders, yeah, the slat six was a pretty good engine. I mean, it basically any of the old seventies muscle cars, you know, they they would handle their own even with the six. But uh, myself, it was that Chevy three fifty. Okay, that's a classic. Okay, um, a question about uh, oil. Uh, I have oil um, in uh, plastic bottles. Is there an expiration date on oil? No, no. I mean, it's been on the ground for millions of years. I think another couple of months isn't going to hurt it. Nah, yeah. Okay. As, as long as you're keeping it tightly sealed and it's not, like, uh, leaking out of the bottle, it's going to be fine. Okay. Uh, another thing very disappointing about American cars, uh, there's a recall on Jeeps. And this was an old thing that was happening many years ago when you uh, put your uh, transmission in park. It would go in reverse, or it would go in, uh, in, in neutral, and the car was, would roll. That's happening now with Jeeps. Now, I, I wonder why they don't get the, their act together. What is, what is wrong with the Jeeps uh, as far as, uh, uh, you know, getting their act together and, 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 and producing a, a real good American car? What do you think about that, Rick? Uh, I really couldn't tell you, but if, if I had to guess, I would say it's the almighty dollar. Jeeps are going to sell because people, there are, there's a huge following for Jeeps that love them. So those people are going to buy Jeeps no matter what. And as long as they're still buying them, the comp parent company is going to cut costs as much as they can to make as much money as they can off of those vehicles. And they're going to sit back and enjoy it. You know, it's I, I'll, my two cents worth, Rick knows more than I, but... I think if you look at the evolution of the Jeep, of course, the Jeep was a, a 1940s vehicle. Uh, it was designed for the U.S. Army. Might even had Jeeps in the World War One, uh, and so uh, people kind of it became a nostalgic thing, a Jeep, you know, to have a Jeep, and and so you started with a with a very very you know almost a hundred year old design, and of course its exterior we're talking about the look of the Jeep, but I I gotta believe that somehow or other the the overall charisma of the Jeep is uh, is a nostalgic thing, and the focus was on uh, being sexy because you'll all a Jeep is a Jeep is a Jeep. Yep. I see some uh, Jeeps on the road that don't look like Jeeps. I'm guessing that they don't sell very well. The ones that sell the best are the ones that look most like the Jeep you saw in World War II, and I think the quality uh, and certainly the the safety of the Jeep has suffered from that. You can't, you can't build a safe car that looks like a Jeep. I just don't think you can do it. Engineering-wise, it's impossible. So you're, you're sacrificing something there, and I believe it also um, spreads out to the quality issue. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call, 877-960-9960. I certainly hope that Howard didn't have a, another question. I think I just heard him hang up. Okay, uh, the text is 772-497-6530. And uh, let's take a pause for the cause, and that is the Attorney General. You can definitely help us out uh, to uh, get her attention uh, by giving her a call at 850-414-3300. Or you can download 
this uh, document that's on Earl on cars and complete it and send it uh, to the attorney general. Uh, we've got to we got to put a lid on these car dealers that are taking advantage of the consumers. Uh, so uh, take a look at that uh, uh, at uh, Earl on cars. Ashley Moody. Ashley Moody. Attorney General Ashley Moody. She can do a whole lot for us. We're going to go to Frank, who's calling us. Good morning, Frank. Well, good morning to you all. I thought about you this morning when I was up at 6 and was wondering what the sunrise was going to look like if the was on the beach. Hmm. But it, anyway. Did you uh, do a sunrise video this morning? Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I never miss one. Never miss. I've even been out there in thunderstorms and downpours. <laughs> it's just a, a matter of a pride that I never miss uh, being there. when the, See, the sun always rises, but sometimes you just can't see it. <laughs> so, sometimes it's really exciting. We change our clothes during the sunrise two or three times, <laughs> like the other morning. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Well, yeah. Now, actually, I do have a question for Rick. Um, right. My son has a, has a new um, truck from you guys, and it's about 500 miles. And now he finds sometimes when he starts it, um, white smoke comes down for a few seconds. Is that something that you should bring it back, or is just not worry about it? That means your car has chosen a new pope. All right, that's joke. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was quick. I like that. That's right. If, if you're only seeing just a little puff, just the, the first moment, uh, the the only thing I would question is is it smoke or is it just a little bit of steam from water condensation that has built up in the exhaust overnight? Uh, especially here in Florida, we have so much humidity and the rain and everything. You know, you know the the water vapor gets in there, and when you first start the engine, that steam is going to burst out. You know, as it fires up and it's got all that heat coming through the catalytic converter and that. That little burst of steam coming out could be just normal water vapor and nothing to worry about at all. Okay. Well, he's going to come and visit me tomorrow, so I'll, 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 I'll start it on Monday and see for myself. But I just, so he lives in Miami. It's, uh, it's pretty nice. Yeah. The best thing, too, is when he starts it, uh, have your phone handy and just get a video of it. And if it's smoke, Smoke will usually hang around in the air for a moment or two. Steam, of course, will dissipate almost immediately. As soon as it comes out of the pipe, you'll see it just vanish away, whereas smoke will kind of hang for a couple of seconds. Yeah, well, that's very true. Like I said, he's, he's in Miami, and he will be here some. And I, I recall that little thing from an entire team that we sold years ago with the alignment. So those, those are really, I think, unclassical things to have around again. Yeah, they were really cool. It, it, it helped you understand why you should have an alignment done in your car to keep your tires in good shape. Yeah, very true. Unfortunately, I got to have that done with Mercedes because um, I guess um, the ball joints or something on that must have went out. You know, $1,000 worth of tires are already shot. So. Oh, yeah. One warm Which component can wear tires very, very quickly. Well, all right. Well, you guys have a great weekend. We enjoy your show and uh, enjoy your dealership. And I, I, I stand behind you 100 with the mask. Thanks, um, Frank. Last month. Thanks very much. My son, I think. Yeah, thank you. Great hearing from you. Okay. Thank you very much. Let's uh, get back to some of the other uh, texts that we got coming in, or do we have another caller? Yeah, we got some. Well, I don't know if we have. Do we have a caller? No. 
Okay, anonymous feedback then. And I'm really excited to read this one. Kudos to Stu, who uh, during last week's show had the Consumer Reports answer readily available to help out a caller instead of just dancing around a referral to Consumer Reports for the caller to scratch her head on how to get a subscription, sign up, pay, get frustrated and find the answer. No, no, Stu was ready like a samurai with his katana ready to draw blood. Okay, that took a weird turn. Love y'all. Bye. Well, what can I say? That wow. was probably one of the best uh, anonymous feedbacks we've ever gotten, and I like to be prepared. <laughs> but did, you, I did, uh, did you see my reply? Uh, I did. I did not. I cannot okay. see this. So. See, I replied this to that uh, caller. I said, you know, I said that there's an old saying. I don't know whether it's Chinese or Indian or, or British. I'm not sure what. It says, uh, teach a man, uh, catch a fish for a man, and give it to him, and he has a meal. Teach a man how to fish. And he can feed himself for life. Yes. So one of the things that we do, we could, we could make this show entirely about getting with Consumer Reports and Google, and answering every single question. But we teach people that if they go to Google, if they go to Consumer Reports, ConsumerReports.org, uh, they can uh, find out answers about anything on cars or any product. So we're teaching you how to fish when we constantly remind you about consumer reports and about Google but you're sometimes we do Google uh, and give you the answer on the air and sometimes we do to go to consumer reports and give you the answer on the air but I think we would take up too much time if we did that for every single question you just can't take that they like me more than you oh, I, I know they, <laughs> I know they like it all right we have a text here this is uh, some legal advice and it's about the out-the-door price affidavit it says Earl um I'm not sure that Nancy can call her affidavit, affidavit an affidavit. I believe it's a memorandum because an affidavit must be sworn to under oath before a notary. I'm an Ohio attorney, and possibly the laws in Florida are different to allow it to be called an affidavit. Um, if that is the case, I stand corrected, and that's Joe uh, from Ohio. And I think, I mean, I don't know that we're not making a, a legal claim. I mean, it's in the form of an affidavit. It's, you know? poet, it's a poetic license. You, yeah. uh, we, if we say affidavit it gets people's uh, attention yeah. and uh you uh, you know we we sometimes get a little careless if you're an attorney uh, i respect uh, i'm sure you're correct about that technically but but an affidavit uh, obviously it's not an affidavit yeah. i know what an affidavit is but it just sounds better it's designed to get the attention of the yeah. salesperson the manager yeah. and basically you put them on front street i got something serious here i got to deal with and sure. now i'm being called to you know to put up some you know the, the real numbers exactly so um yeah it, it probably wouldn't hold up in, in court but the idea is to get you a good price while you're there get the yeah, outdoor it just price. gets so it gets your yeah. attention when you walk into a exactly. dealership that's what it was meant for Okay, um, Anne Marie has sent in a text. Um, Anne Marie says, "Good morning and happy Father's Day." It's the rainy season here in Florida. Uh, what's the best way to dry a vehicle out if one finds that they forgot to close a window or a sunroof? Gosh, hope that didn't happen yesterday. Hmm. And the vehicle is soaked. Just wondering, hoping this is only a theoretical question for everyone. Thanks. Oh boy, um, Rick, uh, Rick. Yeah. How do you dry my, the inside of a vehicle out? My recommendation is. The first thing I would do is blot up any standing water you can with towels. Get as much of it out as you can. A wet dry vac to suck up anything that you can as much as you can. Yeah. And then I would invest a lot of money, probably uh, 60, 70, 100 bucks in damp rid. And I would just fill the car with those packets of damp rid, the, Great the big idea. buckets. 
close up all the windows mm -hmm. and let it sit in the sun so all that water vapor basically gets steamed up and it can then be absorbed by the damp rid. I've used it. It is definitely it's uh, amazing. something. It's a fantastic to, it product. Su surprises the heck out of you. In mm -hmm. your old condo, you had gallons of water a day, I think. Didn't you, didn't you use it in the old condo? Mm. You had a moisture problem up there. Yeah, definitely. Hey, we're going to go to a, a caller, and uh, I believe that she is from Green Acres. Uh, you'll have to excuse me. My age is showing. I've got a little bit of blurred vision here. I think it's Helene. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Yes, Helene. Hi, thank you. It um, is Helene? I have a question. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I may have a very bad connection oh. due to the fact that... Helene, are you a first-time caller? Uh, no, I believe it or not, I did call about five or six months ago, but I never got to uh, complete anything. <laughs> oh, you didn't? So, no, I didn't. I did ask him a question on how do I go about buying my leased car. And this was back, I think, in December when I called. And uh, I did purchase my leased car in January. And um, I had just noticed this past week in my uh, rear seat behind the driver's uh, area that I have a stain on my... Um, back seat and uh, it looks like a water stain and I never noticed it before and until uh, just this past month and I was wondering my window was up good and tight and um, I don't know if somebody tried to jimmy to get into the uh, back of my car or not but I noticed on the uh, rubber that um, you know goes up tight against the door because I was trying to look and to see how could this possibly be any water stain on my back seat there. Um, and I noticed it looked like a rough spot on the rubber. So I don't know if somebody tried to, like I said, try to get in. They didn't break the rubber or anything. It just looks kind of roughed up, you know. Um, like there was an attempt made or something. Have, I don't know. It, um and uh, it wasn't, I've never noticed it before, but now I am. And maybe because it is the, re the rainy season, was, and I do, not, I do not have a garage. It sits out, and it does get the sun, and that particular spot gets sun, too, during the day until 11 o'clock in the morning, you know? Did, did the rubber seal look like it had actually been, like, was there a gap? Like, can you, like, uh, does it look like it was no. torn? It just looks like it was, like, no. an abrasion? no. It just looks, yeah, a slight abrasion, yeah. And did the, yeah. um, the, 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 the wet mark on the seat, did that eventually dry? Was it water for sure? I have no idea. I, it looks, it's a stain there, a dark stain. Oh, so it hasn't, and, it hasn't uh, gone it, away. It looks, like, it looks like it was a water stain. Any, any chance you carried any yeah. groceries in the back seat recently that maybe something leaked out of a bag or, or takeout? Uh. Well, it could have happened uh, several months ago, but yeah. I can't say lately. No, I usually put everything in the trunk of my car, so That's I don't mystery. know if um, how can I get that dark stain out. 
Um, of, uh, yeah, I would try a, a professional auto detailer. Anything. Like there's places like the, the North Lake Auto Spot. I'm not sure where you're where you're located. I forgot. Um, but there's plenty of places I would like maybe look look online for like a reputable. It's got good reviews. Yeah, that, but I I can't. I'm sorry, I can't afford that. I'm uh, 82 years old and I I live on a very tight budget. Okay, then yeah. let's see. A do-it-yourself operator. What do you think, Rick? Hey. I, I would look I, at. I mean, uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty good at doing things myself. I'm a jack of all trades, but a na- master of none. I always say. Uh, Haleen, but, you're, you're um, my kind of girl. You know, um, as a <laughs> as a last resort, I uh, rely on baking soda and vinegar, and it's really safe on everything. You're not going to, you know, lift the right. color out of the seat or destroy it in any way, and it's worth a shot. Uh, so uh, I'll let uh, Rick weigh in on this. Yeah, I'd give that a try. Or, like at Walmart or Target, you can get uh, uh, shampoo meant for the car yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, and I, yeah, I would give I that will. a try. Okay, I will. Okay, All right, thank you so much. You're right. welcome, Haley. Okay. Give us a call again. Let us know uh, how that turned out. A little mystery there. Okay, thank you. And by the way, your advice on buying my lease car worked out perfectly. Oh, great. And I went to uh, Earl Stewart up in... Uh, North, um, West Palm Beach, and uh, they treated me very well. Oh, thank yeah. you, Haley. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Stay in touch. Have Bye-bye. a wonderful weekend. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to Stu. Okay, we got a text from Robert in Orlando. It says, love the information you provide to car consumers. I've been shopping online for a late model used car. Do you have any words of wisdom on getting the itemized out-the-door price before you go to the dealer? I've emailed two dealers, but they will not give it to me. They want me to come into the dealership. Surprise. Sorry. Yeah, let, me, let me jump in on that one. I, was, I had something I wanted to mention on the subject of used cars. Anyway, uh, their rental companies now are selling a lot of cars and uh, Hertz uh, in particular. And Hertz has a, uh, a website, HertzCarsales.com. A lot of people think that the uh, rental companies are dumping these cars on the market and uh, their uh, uh, car dealers are buying them up and things like that. Uh, there may be some of this going on, but uh, Avis and Hertz, a lot of these companies sell cars directly, Enterprise, uh, you might try going to HertzCarsales.com. Uh, we found out something interesting. Uh, we found out that they are retailing these cars for very good prices. Uh, they have their certified cars, and then they have a rent-to-buy plan. You can rent the car for two or three days, and if you decide to buy it, you apply your rental payments toward the purchase. That's not the good deal. The prices to the uh, Hertz rental cars are higher on that deal than the just a straight I'll buy the car it's a certified car one good thing about Hertz and Avis and uh, Enterprise is there's no, it's not a haggle deal it is one price they sell their cars for the price online plus tax and tag and they probably try to get you for a dealer fee like everybody does but anybody out there in the market for a uh, relatively late model used car I would check uh, uh, with Hertz in particular. Be careful. Uh, you've got to be careful any time you buy a used car, but uh, the rental car companies are selling a lot of cars. Avis uh, last month sold 10,000 cars, uh, which is something like 
uh, 25% of their whole fleet. Uh, Hertz is also, in, as you know, is in bankruptcy, and uh, they need some cash. That's the reason they declared bankruptcy. And they are, but they're not wholesaling the cars; they're retailing them, and they're making a profit. But our um, expert at my dealership on the uh, uh, wholesale end of things said that they're selling these retail cars, Hertz, for three to five hundred dollars over auction prices, and that's a really good deal. Be careful, but check out Hertz at HertzCarsales.com. Great information. Uh, we're going to go to. Pompano Beach, where Warren is waiting to speak to us. Good morning, Warren. Hi, good morning, guys. How are you today? Great. Uh, Earl, I have a question for you. Yeah. When you lease a car, and let's say the car's, let's say the price would be $30,000, and I came in and gave you a check for $30,000, and I walked out, but I want to lease the car, and the total lease payment, let's say $17,000. Uh, you know, however you figure it out, down payment, the monthly payment, you get seventeen thousand. How do you, how do you, do you make more money on the lease than if I wrote a check for the car? And how do you do that? Like, what is the formula for that? It's just curious. Well, the dealers do make more money on leases, and the reason they make more money uh, is because they can manipulate the payment and the down payment uh, and the trade-in uh, a lot more deceptively than in a purchase. And uh, uh, the average profit on a lease, I would say, is probably about $1,000 higher than the average profit on a purchase. Uh, there's more hidden fees in a lease. Uh, with a lease, you have an inception fee, which you probably don't even know you pay. That'll be seven, eight, nine hundred dollars $900, but you don't know you pay it because they bury it in the lease payment. Uh, there's also a uh, mileage fee if you go over your mileage. Uh, you uh, a lot of it can be anywhere from as low as five thousand, typically around ten, fifteen, twelve, fifteen thousand is average. But if you go over the ten thousand allowance per year, that you can charge you uh, eighteen, twenty, twenty-five cents a mile. Uh, there's a disposition fee when you turn the lease in. If you don't buy another car or lease another car of that make, uh, you charge a disposition fee, which can be several hundred dollars. Uh, there's also the classic hidden fee that you would have paid if you bought the car, but they don't waive that when you lease the car. So, so if you're sophisticated and you're careful, you read the contract and you and you do your homework, you can lease a car to answer your question for as little as you could buy a car. In fact, sometimes lease cars have incentives that you don't get on purchase cars because the manufacturers love you leasing a car because if you lease a car you're far more likely to lease another or buy another car of that make. Dealers like it for that reason too. So the whole industry, the retail, the manufacturers all are pushing, pushing, pushing to get you to lease rather than buy. And they do make more money but they don't have to make more money if you're careful. I think the question that I they actually had just a curiosity is that let's say the lease payment of making a seventeen thousand car was thirty thousand. So how do you get the, the the differential? In other words, if we walked in and gave you a check for thirty thousand dollars and drove out the car, and over a period of time you're only paying seventeen thousand, of course you're returning the car. Do you get the full thirty thousand dollars from the leasing company that I send you a check or Toyota leasing? How does that work? So yeah, when when you lease a car, so first of all, I just want to compliment you. Um, 
getting a sell, uh, getting the actual sale price prior to getting a lease payment and insisting that that sale price be used to calculate the lease payment, that's how you avoid a lot of the um, getting overcharged. It still doesn't protect you against all the fees and other pe- uh, you know uh, traps that are all just listed, like the disposition fee and all that. Um, no, when you lease a car, um, the dealer, um, basically you're only paying the bank the, the amount that the car depreciates, and then there's a rental charge that's part of that. The dealer gets paid, um, gets funded um, by the bank the same way he does if he had bought the car. So, um, but basically, since the um, leasing company is most of the time is going to get the vehicle back, they're going to resell the car. So they're only charging you for the amount that's used, so to speak. So it's just the depreciation, the rental charge, and of course the the hidden fees that are that are built into uh, most leases. But do you give? I'm just curious on your end. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you lease the car and I drive out. With showroom with the car, do you get a, a check for the full, in other words, if the car was $30,000, yeah. do you still get the $30,000? Yeah, we get we get, oh. we get funded in full. Uh, the, the vehicle leaves our inventory, um, and now it's, it's now owned by the bank. The bank pays us for the whole car, and then the lease payment arrangement is between you and the bank, and you're only paying for it. Uh, you know, part of the car, I guess. Uh, okay, yeah. uh, that, that, that was a question. And I just uh, about the uh, disposition fee. Um, I never heard of that before. Like, I have two residents, like I told you, one in Pompano Beach and one up here in New Jersey, which I am. The disposition fee, I, I never heard of it. And they may put that in there. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, is that just down there in Florida, disposition fee? You know, if you don't want the car again, mm-hmm. they're going to charge you for it. Or no. can you negotiate that out? Well, you, say, you, you I, possibly I, can. You can. It, it is from the bank. Now, you can negotiate something with the dealer if you're aware of the, of the disposition fee. And by the way, that's not just Florida. It's These, these are national fees, and it depends on okay. the, the, the lender. And usually most of the leasing going on in the country now is done by the by the manufacturer's lending um, arms. It's not. There's not a whole lot of banks that are out, like Bank of America is not doing um, um, vehicle leasing like they used to. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could say, see, here's the thing. People don't know about the disposition fee if they keep leasing cars because it never comes up because it's waived when you release the car. If you keep leasing the car from the same uh, manufacturer. Yeah, if you go back, if, if you decide just to turn it in and, you, and you're done with uh, that Ford, you're done with that Honda. Or buying the car, either way. Exactly. Um, then you're going to find out about that fee. Um, but w- if you know about it when you're leasing the car, you can, you can make an arrangement. It says, I'll tell you what, I'll take this car, this payment, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I want you to take care of that dis- dis- disposition fee. And if you got that in writing, you might get a shot at them paying it for you. But they're still jacking the price with up to cover it. Uh, the, yeah. the disposition fee, if you don't lease or buy another car of that make, is got to be paid to the leasing company. Now, uh, you can you can lower the price of the car, or raise, you know, the, it's getting paid to the leasing company. And you you can use that as a leverage to negotiate a better lease payment. And if you can, more power to you. I, see, I don't remember. See, I leased the car that I had uh, now, but then I bought it off the lease because I had too many miles on it. And I don't remember them charging me that. And I could be wrong. I just don't remember. Oh, you got charged. Uh, yeah, and if you didn't buy another lease car from it. You know, there's so many things you don't see. And the, probably the biggest thing I, 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 meant, I forgot to mention is uh, wear and tear. Uh, when you turn that car in, uh, not only do they get you with a disposition fee, but they will look at that car with a very, very severe uh, eye and charge you a lot of money. It's a profit source for leasing companies 
to overcharge you for the above normal wear and tear. That you can negotiate and you should. And the probably the biggest single piece of advice I give anybody that leases a car is be present when the inspection is made of your car mm -hmm. and take pictures of the interior and exterior and the tires and make notes and see to you, you when you see the inspection report and you sign off on it, be sure it's accurate. Mileage is very important. A lease car can sit around a car dealership for three weeks or longer. Salesmen love cars with a full tank of gas. They hop in that car, put an extra 300 miles on the car, you're paying for it. So uh, the, when you turn your car in, be sure that you're not hammered with thousands of dollars in uh, charges for above a normal wear and tear. Uh, just one more quick question. Does it make any sense to have a friend who's leasing one brand she wants to get another one. And the dealer that she wants to lease it from says, don't worry, we'll take care of everything on the old car. You know, she had a Honda, now she wants to lease a Mercedes. And the dealer said to her, oh, so just give us the car. We'll take care of everything. You have like a month's payment left. We'll take care of you. Blah, blah, blah. Just sign on the deal. Is that a smart move, a dumb move, or all depends on the uh, dealer? They're adding the payments into the price for the Mercedes. Whatever car she's driving now, she owes one or two lease payments. They're paying the leasing company. they got to get paid. They're going to get all their money. And the dealer she's buying another car from is taking that money, paying the leasing company, and adding it to the price of the Mercedes. But that's also a great question, too, because it depends on the dealer, because you're counting on them to do a lot of things for you. You're counting on them to actually, yeah. They're counting on them to actually contact the leasing company, make sure it's transported back to them, make sure they're doing the odometer statement correctly. There's a lot of pitfalls, so you have to trust the dealer that's handling it for you. Um, if it's a reputable dealership, I think you got a better shot at them doing it right. But you could easily have that car parked on that lot for months, and then then you get a bill for you know, payments that weren't made. And um, you got to make sure that. So stay on top of it. I would. I would just be really careful there. All right. I, I'll, I'll tell her that because she doesn't want to be bothered. They just that you know, drive the Honda here, and we'll take care of everything. You don't have to worry about going back to the Honda deal. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You, you drive out with your new car, and we'll take care of everything. She should do a little, All just right, a little please. legwork. She should probably, if she does turn it into the Mercedes dealer, to contact them. Hey, is my car still there? Uh, maybe. Um, also contact the leasing company, uh, I guess it's Honda American Credit, and say, I dropped it off at ABC Mercedes on this date with this many miles. Let them just don't completely wash your hands of it because it come back to bite her. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Good luck with it. Thank, thank you, Warren. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Speaking of a text, I have one from Betty and uh, she is uh, texting me from Tampa and she wants to know uh, who gets taken advantage of more often when you walk into a dealership well uh, before I ask the guys to uh, you know give their advice and their answer uh, I'm gonna say the elderly especially uh, widows uh, also on that list are the uh, the people uh, that don't understand or speak English very well. Also, the very young uh, that have bought, they're buying their car for the first time. And, uh, you know, it, like I always say, it just pays to do your homework. And it's, uh, it's really important. And, and most of all, the people that have bad credit. What do you have to add to that, Earl? Oh, I think you answered it perfectly. That's a, that's a good answer. Okay, Betty, 
give me another text. Uh, we're uh, going to be right here for you to answer your questions. Now back to Stu. All right, Kyle wants to know, he says, if I want a 2021 Toyota Corolla Hybrid, what's a reasonable discount I could expect since there, won't, there wouldn't be much, if any, from the manufacturer? Thanks, stay healthy. And that's from Kyle. Um, well, the, the, the Corolla Hybrid first came out last year, the 2020, and the 2021s um, just started hitting dealership lots about two or three weeks ago. Um, so at this point, especially given the inventory situation, um, and given that the Corolla Hybrid is a very, it's a pretty low supply vehicle, um, I wouldn't expect a huge discount. As a matter of fact, I'd probably uh, expect you to pay probably around MSRP. Now, that's not to say that dealers won't be discounting it some. On TrueCar, it's showing an average discount of around $500, which is, um, there's not a lot of markup in that car, and that doesn't sound like a huge discount. Um, but I would be very skeptical about that um, because of all the hidden fees and other things you're going to run into at the a dealership. So you might see a $500 discount and then the addition of uh, $1,500 in dealer fees. So. I hope this doesn't sound too self-serving, but you know, we are a Toyota dealership in total transparency. And uh, no matter where you are in the country, if you want an idea of what a price of a car is, you can go to our website. Uh, EarlStewartToyota.com sounds like I'm doing advertising. I'm getting nervous just saying this, but we're not. If you're in Utah, if you're in uh, uh, Tallahassee, uh, wherever your Toyota dealership is you're working with, if you want to frame a reference, you can go to our website. We're the only car dealership I know of that will give you a true out-the-door price. Take our price and then take it to the dealer in your town and say, I can buy the car here for this price if you'll need it or beat it, I'll buy it from you. And we, we post all of our prices. Sometimes it's not the lowest price. Uh, we like to think that usually it is a good price. Uh, it's obviously not always the lowest price. If it were, we'd sell all the Toyotas in the world, but we don't. So we, we, do, we put our best price, which is something no other dealer does. Take a price from our website, earlstuarttoyota.com, to your dealer and get them to meet it. If you live in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, if you're in Orlando, you can take that price to uh, your dealer. And if you're careful and don't let them sneak in any hidden fees, we give you an out-the-door price. That's a price you can write a check out for, get in your car that you bought, and drive it home. If you can, if they'll meet that price, you get yourself a pretty good deal. And I can give you a preview on our website. We're, we are at MSRP, um, no fees, um, and we have an out-the-door price right up there. So um, you got you take that and compare it to your local dealer or call yeah. around. Or your local dealer will say, we'll meet that, and they'll add $1,000 in hidden fees. So uh, if they're going to match that price, that's a price that you write a checkout for, hand it to the salesman, you get in your car, and you drive it home. That's an out-the-door price. Exactly. And the Toyota hybrids represent a, t a tiny f a percentage of all the Toyota Corollas out there. So it's the, 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 there's not a whole lot to choose from out there in the world right exactly. now. Okay. okay. Uh, Rick's got a YouTube over here. Uh, Wayne is asking, when you opt to buy a car you have been leasing, can you buy directly from the lease company or does it have to be sold through a dealership? Unfortunately, you have to go to the dealer. The dealer will add a hidden fee uh, and uh, they mostly often will not uh, vary from that. Uh, you can shop around, and sometimes you can find a dealer that make that won't charge you the hidden fee, or at least the hidden fee will be smaller. But one of the biggest ripoffs uh, we know of is when you exercise your option to buy a car, you have it in writing, which you could buy the car for. It's in the lease contract with the leasing company. 
but the car dealer will still add his hidden fee. Yeah. I think this represents a potential huge class action suit. We've got attorneys listening to this show, we know, because we just had a uh, anonymous feedback from one. So if you're an attorney out there and you want to make a ton of money, do a national class action suit on all those people who have exercised their options to purchase their lease car and were not able to buy it for the contractual price that the leasing company promised them they could buy for. And they were added probably around $1,000 or more in hidden fees. That's a yeah. doozy of a class action yeah. suit. Plus, they get you back in the box again on the same car. Oh, yeah. Three years ago, you were in the box, and they get you back on the exact same car. They're going to try yeah. and sell you a bunch of stuff uh, again. So. And I want 10% when you do that. <laughs> I want 10%. For your, your make You're going to make millions. And I'm going to donate it to Big Dog Ranch Rescue, okay. of course. That's what we always do. All right. Uh, I've got a text uh, from Steve in New Jersey. Uh, it's for Rick. He says, he, can you recommend a protective plastic film for headlights? Just about a new car would like to reduce the typical fogging that occurs. I'm going to recommend potatoes, man. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't <laughs> no, not yet. Um, I did buy a protective film and installed it on one headlight on my own pickup. And I'm evaluating it because what I did was I, I restored my headlights both had perfect clear headlights, put a protective film on one side. It's been now about two and a half, three months, and I really don't see a huge difference yet, but it's only been a few months. Give it time. So within another three months, I will have a recommendation because six months, I should start seeing some change to see is that film making a difference versus the other side headlight, which does not and have And when you film. get the ticket from the police for having a defective one headlight, I'm going to reimburse you because you're doing it in the name of duty. Of science. Doing it in science. Well, exactly. there you if, go, Steve. If that happens, I will bring the ticket. I, yes. I doubt I'll get one, but if it does happen, I will bring it. All right. Yep. So thanks, Steve. And also, Steve is a regular uh, listener. He listens every week, texts us every week. He's called. Um, so I know you'll be listening for the update. So Rick uh, will keep us informed. All right, we got George from West Hartford, Connecticut. says, my wife recently purchased a 2013 Lexus RX 450. We're new to hybrids. Is there any maintenance that needs to be done to hybrids that we should be doing regularly? Mr. Kearney. Again, that book in the glove compartment that says factory, the Lexus factory recommended maintenance. Just follow it like a little Bible and you'll be just fine. And we see in our experience uh, with our hybrids, with our dealership, the hybrids typically require have less problems. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the cars are more trouble-free. Uh, I guess that's because the in the sum total of running, they have fewer moving parts. You still have a gasoline engine, but it doesn't use it as much as a normal gasoline engine. Mm -hmm. And your normal gasoline piston internal combustion engine is what really creates a lot of problems. Yeah. Another cool now, thing. I, oh, I sorry, will throw one other thing out there. Find a good car wash in your area that has an underbody wash and use it regularly, especially in the wintertime when you start getting that road salt. And being in Connecticut, you know, you're somewhat close to the yeah. ocean in, in some places. I know West Hartford is a waves from it. But even then, still run it through that the one that will wash the underside of the car and make sure that any road salt or debris gets washed off of there very regularly. Good advice. I also got a little bonus thing, something that we discovered just in real world selling hybrids for about 20 years now. Um, you get a lot less brake wear with a hybrid because the hybrids use the regenerative braking. And we see that so how long you'll see brake pads last on a, hybrid, on, a, on a Prius, for example. Double. Yeah. 
double so, yeah. double what a comfortable gas car would draw. So that's pretty good. Saves you a little money there. Yep. All right, uh, Vicky in Stewart, Florida, says, Hi, I recently had tires replaced on my 2010 Chevy Express 1500. Since then, one of the tire sensors is showing a fault. A few days after, a warning message to turn the AC off engine, uh, sorry, turn the AC off, engine is running hot, showed on the dash. I turned the AC off, pressed a reset button, then the AC worked great. The AC and hot engine warning is randomly happening for the past few days now. Could the tire sensor issue be throwing off the computer system and causing the AC and hot uh, running engine problem? Thank you for all your knowledge, um, Vicki and Stuart. Very unlikely. Uh, those are going to be two separate systems. When they replace the tires, if they accidentally damaged one of those sensors, cracked it a little bit, and as you're driving down the road, the centrifugal force finally caused it to break, that would cause that tire light to come on. But I can't see really how that would affect the air conditioning and engine running hot. That sounds like you've got an issue with the cooling system of the engine, and therefore the computer, when it sees that engine temperature getting too high, it's shutting off the air conditioner in order to put less strain on the engine and help it run a little cooler. So I would get that evaluated very quickly before you take a chance on blowing up your engine. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Okay, the last text. And it's almost getting the mystery shopping report time, too. So let's get uh, John from California. He says, when returning a lease car, what's the proper tire tread depth to be able to use uh, to not to get a new set of tires, um, or is it depending on where you live? Um, it's going to be up to the individual leasing companies, what they require. I've seen 5.30 seconds, 3.30 seconds, and 2.30 seconds. So um, I would check your lease contract, John, because you're out in California. I'm not sure uh, which, which you lease, so it, it's, it's going to be in the contract. Yeah, the general guideline, the federal government and all their vehicles, their tens of millions of vehicles, uh, they recommend or they do replace their tires uh, at 2.30 seconds. And that's pretty slick. 230 seconds is pretty slick. Uh, at our dealership, we recommend uh, below 330 seconds, just as it drops below 330 seconds. But the student says each leasing company is different. And, uh, you know, for our used car department, we'd probably use a, a more generous mm -hmm. thing. We'd probably say, what, 430 seconds? Five. Five? Yeah. So it, it's a variable thing. And, uh, be careful because it gets expensive to replace those tires. This, these are the things you don't know when you lease a car. What condition does this car have to be in before they hose me when I come back and turn it in? Not only that, you're, you're, you're a victim of a subjective opinion from one guy working for a, a exactly. data company. A guy shows up. Yeah. He's not a highly trained anything. He shows yeah. up and he goes through a checklist, and it's up to his personal opinion on what's excessive. Yeah, I, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm one of these paranoid uh, conspiracy people, but I really believe that the leasing companies look at the um, above wear and tear on the return lease vehicles Reasonable. as a profit center. I think they have a, a profit center here. Cars come in. They're going to be very careful not to lose any money. And how do you be real sure you don't lose any money? You charge too much money. You're going to miss some, and you're going to have some sneak in on you, and you have to fix them, and it costs you money. So they err on the side of conservatism in terms of what they charge you. So they come in, they find maybe uh, $600 worth of damage or stains or dents or whatever, and then they say, listen, let's make that $900. They round up. Always contest 
what the charge is, go to the dealer, go directly to the leasing company, uh, raise holy hell, and you'll usually get some sort of an adjustment. Maybe not, uh, you're not going to take it all off. You have to make yourself heard. The, yeah. um, mm -hmm. Here's a perfect example that we actually experienced, and it's gotten better now. But um, if, let's say, you got a scratch on your car and you had a little paintwork done on the bumper. Yeah. Um, it's done professionally. You can't even tell it's there. Yes, that does impact the uh, the resale value of the car, but that's the risk that the leasing company took on. Yeah. So that you return the car, they go around, they check it out, and they see there's evidence of paintwork. It looks like a brand new car, but they knew it was painted. They'll send you a bill uh, for substandard work. Yeah. Um, most people will pay that bill. Yeah. Um, the ones that get upset about it and call us, <laughs> we go... We, we call the leasing company and they say, well, just show us a, re a receipt that you had it done in yeah. a reputable body shop. Yeah, and that's we, just and then, dishon that's dishonest. They wave it off. So they're trying yeah. you on. They're trying to say, like, well, most people pay it. 10% are going to complain and yeah. we'll let them off the hook. That's not right. Very good. Okay, we are caught up with text and anonymous feedback on my end. Anybody else? Yeah. Okay, folks. So we're going to hear from Rick. We're, we're good over here. Okay. Are we? Okay, Let's great. Hey, okay. Uh, listen uh, to our listeners. Uh, I want to let you know that uh, Earl's column uh, this past week, uh, you can find it, Earl on Cars, and uh, it is Car Dealerships Endangering Customers. And, of course, you know, the topic is most salespeople are not wearing face masks, and uh, you can find that, as I said, Earl on Cars. We have a great mystery shopping report coming up from uh, way up there in Fort Pierce. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we would love to hear your vote. Uh, so text us at 772-497-6530. Now we're going to get back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, keep the text and the YouTubes coming because we'll probably get through this before the end of the show and then we can get back to the text or the YouTubes or the Twitters or whatever it may, may be. Uh, this, uh, we, we actually have kind of like two mystery shopping reports. Uh, one of them is not a real uh, Mr. Shopping Report, but with the with the onvent of this uh, terrible coronavirus and the uh, epidemic uh, proportions uh, uh, increasing in a lot of states, especially Florida and a couple of others, uh, you know, Florida looked ev like everything was going well, and then it switched around, and now the uh, number of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths, uh, all of it's going up. It's kind of frightening. Uh, we thought we should pursue our uh, coverage of those car dealerships that are not requiring their salespeople to wear a mask. We had a controversial uh, anonymousfeedback.com on that subject uh, saying I was shaming dealers uh, that didn't require their employees to wear a mask or their customers to wear a mask. Uh, uh, so well, I won't go over that again, but we are trying to do our best to change their behavior. So in addition to our regular mystery shopping report, uh, we went to quickly uh, on Automotive Row, uh, where a lot of car dealers were clustered. We sent Agent X, or Agent, I'm sorry, Thunder. Thunder. Uh, anyway, we sent Agent in uh, to see who's wearing masks and who, who are not. So I'll, I'll cover this quickly. This is in our local area here, but it's probably true in your area, wherever you are listening or watching the show. Uh, uh, I would like to say that at Arrigo Dodge, most of the staff were wearing masks. So kudos to Arrigo Dodge, and that was the one on Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach. So uh, good for you, but get it up to 100%, will you, uh, Arrigo? 
Uh, most is not where you ought to be, but congratulations. You're a lot better than most of the other dealers. Good job, Jimmy and John. Now let me go to Schumacher Infinity, also uh, in West Palm Beach. Um, maybe two salesmen wearing masks. Uh, everyone else had no mask on. So Schumacher Infinity, I, per I know Chuck Schumacher. I knew his father, Dick Schumacher. Uh, uh, Dick has passed away a long time ago. Uh, Chuck, if you're out there, uh, get on these guys at your Schumacher Infinity in West Palm Beach. And I know you will agree with me. They should be wearing masks, and they should at least recommend, if not require, customers to wear masks. Uh, Schumacher Volvo, everyone was wearing a mask. Right. Again, Chuck, congratulations. But whoever's overseeing things at Infinity is not doing their job. Uh, the people at Volvo are doing their job. So kudos to Schumacher Volvo, everyone was wearing a mask. Uh, we, we really hit all the uh, Schumacher dealerships, I guess, in that area. Uh, Schumacher GMC in North Lake, everyone seemed to be wearing a mask. So, Chuck, Schumacher, you've only got one real problem in that group of your stores on North Lake Boulevard, and that is your Infinity store. And uh, you need to have the salespeople wear their masks there. Uh, Napleton on North Lake, no one, not one single person in Napleton on uh, North Lake. I, I wonder which dealership that was on North Lake. Uh, uh, Chrysler Plymouth? Uh, we don't have that. I'll, I'll check with Stu. Uh, he just had to leave the room briefly. But uh, Napleton on North Lake and any of your other stores, uh, uh, at Napleton, you live in the area, uh, you may hear about this radio show, uh, talk to your managers on your stores, but you have a Napleton dealership on North Lake and no one is wearing a mask. Uh, Nissan Greenacres, and that's owned by Terry Taylor Group, Nissan and Greenacres, uh, about 75% were not wearing masks. 75% were not wearing masks. So Terry Taylor, you're the owner. Uh, get the owner, get the, the limited partner. I think you have limited partners uh, in your dealerships and your general manager is not doing his job at Nissan Greenacres. Uh, Toyota Stewart, congratulations, kudos to Toyota Stewart. Uh, all the salespeople at Toyota Stewart are wearing their mask, and uh, congratulations. Uh, we go to uh, Infinity of Stewart, and no one was wearing the mask there except the receptionist. All the salesmen walking around without mask. All the customers walking around without mask. And finally, Wallace Kia. I know Bill Wallace. In fact, I know uh, uh, the Infinity. I think I, they sold out. Uh, I used to know the owner there. Uh, Bill Wallace, Wallace Kia. No one was wearing masks there, Bill. Uh, you and I know each other. Uh, maybe I'll shoot you an email. Get them on the stick. Get them apply. They, they should be there in a very serious area of COVID-19. If you want to sell more cars, make your customers and your employees feel safe. So that sums it up. We had uh, we had Wallace Kia, Infinity, Stewart, Napleton. Oh, Sue, do you know which dealership, Napleton Northlake, which uh, franchise that was? Chrysler Plymouth. I think it was CDJ, but I'll double check. Okay, Chrysler Plymouth. Uh, 
Chrysler, Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Yeah, Chrysler Dodge Jeep. And the Schumacher Volvo and Schumacher Infinity. So you got, no, Schumacher Volvo was the compliant. Uh, Schumacher Infinity was not wearing a mask. So that sums it up. And now we'll go to our regular mystery shopping report. Okay, let me mention Steve, who was holding from Boynton. Sorry we couldn't get to you, Steve. Give us a call or text us next week. Thank you for listening. Okay, mystery shopping report of Coggin Honda in Fort Pierce. For some reason, we keep forgetting, and this is, this is true, we keep forgetting to mystery shop Coggin dealerships. Back in 2016, the 13th uh, year of our mystery shopping on the radio, we realized we'd never investigated a Coggin dealership. In 13 years. Yeah, 13. We uh, targeted Coggin Honda in Fort Pierce. They failed and we never went back in there. By the way, Coggin is now owned by the Sonic uh, Group. It's a public group. It's a, I believe it's a, uh, publicly traded on the exchange. Might be. Uh, it's a large public group of probably 75 dealerships, maybe 100. So it's part of a big chain. Uh, the Coggin, there was a Coggin, Luther Coggin, that sold out many, many years ago. Uh, four years is too long to go between mystery shops at any one of our dealerships. Uh, so we got to get back into the rhythm and hit things more evenly. Uh, we see this every week as we move from dealership to dealership. A recommended dealer can become non-recommended and vice versa. Uh, they have turnover in salespeople, management, and you can see it in the Schumacher thing earlier. Schumacher, you know, Schumacher Infinity uh, is doing a bad job, and uh, Schumacher Volvo is doing a great job. So within organizations, there's no continuity consistency, even under the same ownership. Although we've waited too long to return to Cog and Honda, I can assure you it was worth the wait. Every so often, we stumble across a true gem, something we can hold up as a genuine first. And we got ourselves one here with Coggin Honda at Fort Pierce. Examples of this sort of thing where we find something we've never seen before was uh, Napleton's disability rebate. Uh, as low as you can go, disability rebate. Bill Smith uses a, a special program only available to health care workers. Hopefully you don't see that anymore, but that's really low. This week at Coggin Honda, Coggin Honda we found the holy grail of hidden fees. We'll <laughs> get into the detail in a minute. Looking over Coggins Honda's website, we saw they offered online buying, just like every car dealer. They're all jumping on that bandwagon now, uh, claims to have. We selected a new 2020 Honda Accord and been going, been going through the steps to find our online price. MSRP was 24975 There was an itemized discount of $1,982, which gave us a sale price of $22,993. Then they added fees of $1,292.70 and sales tax. It was the breakdown of fees. Here's, here's the, uh, you've never seen this before. It was a breakdown of fees that flabbergasted us. Never in the history of this radio show have we seen anything so ridiculous. It's comical. I actually thought it was a joke at first. Uh, but uh, it wasn't a joke. I'll now read to you from the Holy Grail of Hila. Tried to lick my finger <laughs> of hidden fees. I don't want to do that, but I can't turn the page. Okay, uh, these are all the hidden fees that are broken down in absurd 
minutia, teeny weeny, and a few biggies slipped in there. These are the hidden fees, and we don't know. I wish we could play theme music at this point. (laughs) Bear with me. Advanced replacement, I have no idea. $2.80. State transportation fee, don't know. $21. Service charge, $2.50. Transportation disadvantaged, (laughs) $1.50. Agency fee, you know. Uh, uh, agency fee, $4.75. Lemon Law, $2. I know what that is. That's, that's a legitimate fee uh, for 2 bucks. Juvenile Justice, no idea. <laughs> Only a dollar for that. A <laughs> dollar. Come on, step it up. <laughs> Initial registration fee. Now we're starting to zoomed up there. Uh, $225. We don't know what that is. It's probably a tag agency or something like that. A security fee, no idea. A dollar. Is that for the night watchman? <laughs> You're not paying them enough. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he gets it all. I don't know. Title service fee, $4.25. Plate fee, $28. Surcharge state transportation, $1.20. Lien fee, $2. Uh, what, if, what if you don't finance the car? There's no liens, right? No. Uh, reflectorization. <laughs> Reflect. <laughs> That's my second favorite one. Reflectorization. Reflectorization. Anyway, can you see him sitting around the room making up these names? Hey, I got one. Okay, Joe, what is it? Hey, reflectorization. What's that? Okay, put it, it does, down. It doesn't matter. Uh, we don't care. Uh, law enforcement radio system. <laughs> hey, it's only a dollar. It's Just only a dollar. Right? Air pollution control, a dollar. Uh, Tidal fee, $48. We have no idea what these are. Registration fee, it might be, it might not be. Uh, odometer fee, what is that? Uh, oh, and w- That's Frivis. my favorite. Frivis. 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 Yeah. F-R-I-V-S. 50 cents. Frivis. Uh, l- l- listen to this one. Emergency medical service. Guess how much? A dime. <laughs> 10 uh, cents. Uh, it, mu- it must not be a high-quality service. Who's, who's Emergency on? medical service. Ten cents. A dime. I kid you not. This is on Luther, I say Luther, Coggin Honda in Fort Pierce. When you buy the car, they have a hidden fee that they call emergency medical service, and it's ten cents. Who's going to argue? Decal on demand. No idea. One dollar. Pre-delivery service fee. Now we're getting into the meat of it. This is the common hidden fee at the bottom. See, you doze off when you go through these. And you don't even see the $799 pre-delivery service fee or the private tag agency fee of $98. So there we are. That's the list of the BS. That's 24 fees. 24 fees. And here it's in the fine print. I'll hold it up. You can see right, you know, right there. There's all those hidden fees. And, I think it's this one. Right? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There it is. So, uh, kudos to Coggin Honda and Fort Pierce. You really came up with one of the sneakiest, uh, stupidest, comical uh, way to hide fees I've ever seen. And uh, there is no Coggin anymore. I, I, I mean, there is a Coggin probably, but he sold out a long time ago. Uh, at any rate, that's where we go. We called up Agent Thunder to investigate, and we'll get into the report now. My first impression of Coggin Honda was a good one. I entered a showroom and spoke with a reception, a receptionist who was wearing a mask. That's good. She called a salesperson 
uh, for me, who was also wearing a mask. If you listen to the show regularly, this is very unusual. In two-thirds of the dealerships we shop, nobody wears a mask. Uh, just about everyone was wearing a mask. Just one or two were wearing theirs improperly around their necks. Uh, it was a major improvement over last week's shop. So uh, kudos. On, you know, we're, we're laughing at you on the hidden fees. We're patting you back on the mask. Congratulations. My salesman's name was they Jeffrey. They should charge a mask fee. A mask fee. They should yeah. have a mask fee. If, particularly if they provided masks, they should yeah. say, yeah, they're gonna, we're going to charge you for your mask. There are, that's happening at restaurants. There's COVID <laughs> fees. I'm not kidding. I'm, we're seeing this thing. So. Yeah. Not just car dealers. Jeffrey was my salesman. He escorted me to a desk and asked how he could help. I said I was there to do the legwork for my mother who needed a new car. She didn't feel safe venturing out in the world yet. I said we began... Uh, uh, by playing around with their online buying feature, ended up having questions I couldn't find answers for online. I also was itching to get out, this is my excuse, you know, my cover, uh, itching to get out of the house, so I decided to make the trip to the dealership. We spoke for a long time about the Honda Accord. Jeffrey asked me about what sort of things she would like to have in a new car, what color, etc. We picked out a silver Accord LX 1.5T, MSRP 24975, the same one that I looked at online. Jeffrey suggested that we go outside and look at the car. I told him I wanted to clear up some questions first. Jeffrey said, shoot. I asked, what, an, what was an advanced replacement fee? <laughs> and Jeffrey looked confused. I told him it was a fee I saw on the listing, on the online listing. Before he could answer, I continued, I'd like all of those fees broken down and explained. I've never seen so many. What is a frivolous? <laughs> We said we told him. I go. I go. Ask him about the frivis. I got to know what frivis is. F R I V I S. Frivis. How much was that? A dollar? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. No big deal. I'll pay it. He didn't know. Jeffrey didn't know. Jeffrey said the dealership doesn't make up those fees. Now that's a lie. I guarantee you they made up frivis. And uh, and how about the uh, what was the other one? The emergency con emergency, emergency medical fee, law enforcement yeah, radio fee. They made up all these fees. Uh, he says, we don't make up fees. The, the state charges them. Oh, man. What uh, state? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Kazakhstan. I mean, Kazakhstan charges yeah, it. Your nose is growing, Jeffrey. Your nose is growing. You are a liar. He said that when they build the price of a car, when they build the price of a car, they just show them. I was confused. Jeffrey went on and explained that the only real fees being charged are things like new plate fee, registration, and dealer fee. I asked him if these would appear on my official purchase order when I signed in. He said these would just be worked into the price of the car and not appear as itemized fees. I asked him to explain the $799 pre-delivery service fee. Uh, Jeffrey said that it was to cover the cost of prepping the car and everything else that goes into processing the deal. He assured me that it was a standard fee that dealerships charge. Uh, when we were done discussing the fees, Jeffrey made a copy of my driver's license and found the keys to the Accord. Now, of course, we all know that the uh, pre-delivery service fee of $799, uh, the dealers are all compensated by the manufacturers for preparing the car for the delivery. Uh, they already get paid. The dealer, it's profit to the dealer. Uh, if this is a Honda, it is. Honda pays him to prepare that car for you when you buy it. And now he's charging you $799 again. And he's been paying twice. You pay him once, Honda pays him. 
We walked around the car. I noticed there was an addendum. Here we go. Next to the Maroney label that listed $798 in added dealer options, including a premium package, pinstripe, wheel locks, trunk tray. I'm not sure what that is. And splash cars. We drove the car. Jeffrey asked me how I liked it a couple of times, but it remained mostly silent. Uh, we returned to write it up. Jeffrey showed me a detailed worksheet, explained the price. He started with a $1,618 discount off MSRP. Then he added several of the items from the addendum, 74 bucks for the wheel locks, $141 for splash guards, $124 for a cargo tray, and $60 for pinstripes. The actual cost of the dealer on those is peanuts, yeah. and that's probably a 700% markup for these addendum items. I asked him if he would take those off. I said my mom wouldn't be interested in anything like that. Jeffrey said that since they were, here we go, already installed. That's the game, folks. We call them pre-installed dealer options. They do that so they can hold your feet to the fire and charge you, overcharge you, for these uh, items that you yeah. don't want, or or, you, even know or just use it in the, the negotiation. All right, fine. We'll take off the splash cards for you, yeah. thinking you're saving money, but you're you, now you're just a little bit closer to MSRP. Exactly. But they say, "I'm sorry, we already installed those." If you get in a situation like this, instead of arguing, you say, "I'm not going to take them with those items on there." Find me another car. Dealer trade another car, or even though you really don't want to do that and won't do that, say, "I'll order one without." the splash guards and the wheel locks and the pinstripes and the cargo tray. Order me one without that. So that's your, that's your defense. Shouldn't have to be, but uh, that's one way to try to get out of that kind of crap. Then he added $105 in taxable fees. Taxable fees, by the way, is code for hidden fees. $799 pre-delivery service charge. That's also a taxable fee. Uh, sales tax and $427 in non-tax fees. Uh, if they're not taxed, then they are government fees. Out the door, I was at $26,592. bucks. I asked him if I could take the worksheet, and he handed it to me with no argument. I stood up, thanked him, headed for the door. Before I could exit, a sales manager ran up and stopped me. He wanted to know how my experience had been, and he was looking forward to earning my business. They don't like to say, I'm looking forward to selling you a car. Right. You don't wanna, we don't like to sell cars. We like to earn, earn business, right? your business. You can earn my business by not charging me the frivis. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, the discussion uh, with all of the fees speaks for itself under BS. The out-the-door price that Jeffrey gave Agent Thunder was $877 higher than the out-the-door price for the same vehicle on Coggins' website. So that tells you what's going on the Kaga Honda at Fort Pierce. And it's time for votes. Uh, Online, we're seeing Fs. <laughs> and that uh, gives them a huge fat F. You know, gosh, this is a tough one. Uh, this is a tough one. We're still, it's extraordinary with the fees, uh, but it is typically in line. I'd say on the curve, a, a D. <laughs> I don't know what to say about him. Yeah, I know, it's tough. I, I think what happens is we get, I know I do, I get emotionally involved uh, and I get angry yeah. at the dealer. And then I realize that I get angry at most dealers 
And if we don't have enough dealers out there listed on our recommended list, where are you going to buy a car? Right. So they get an A for the mask. They get an A for COVID. Yeah, and that that really gave me made me warm and fuzzy there. I I can't wait to see the turnaround as I predicted at the beginning of the show, since we have been began to beat up the dealers on not wearing their masks. In other words, not having the salespeople wear the mask. You're going to see more and more car dealerships say, "Hey, this is costing us business." They're not ashamed. They're just afraid they're going to lose business, and you will lose business. Uh, I mean, I, I know a lot of people, and I don't know anybody. People talk to me about other retail stores. Uh, we had somebody the other day that went into, was at Home Depot or uh, one of the uh, Home Depot, and nobody was wearing masks in there. And they said, I won't go back in there. Uh, if, if you're a normal person, especially if you're in Florida, uh, which were the... COVID-19 is running higher and higher. It's scary. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you car dealers out there will get smart and, uh, and take the precautions for your customers and your employees, you'll sell more cars. John in California gives him a big fat F for all those fees. Jonathan in Wellington gives him an F as usual. Amory gives him an F for the fees, but an A for creativity on the fee names. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Now I've got Frank with an F, Mr. Hand with an F, but at least no fee for the other fees. Mark <laughs> Smith with a D minus, and Donovan with an F, Boris F, Karen F, Mark Ryan F, Eric D minus, Mark Anderson says $2 fee for my F, <laughs> E.C. Olson with an F, and Wayne with an F. Oh, oh. We, got, we got to go with, with, with the, what the people want. The people want to fail them. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't know. I got Nancy. Uh, I'm going to give them an A for the mask, and I'm going to give them an F for the fees. And yeah. uh, I'm also going to remind our listeners, get in touch with the Attorney General, please, Ashley Moody, and uh, voice your opinion on all these fees. we got to get a control uh, on this. Give her a call, 850-414-3300. You know, I, I think, uh, again, I have to say, I'm like uh, Stu and, and some others, I, I, I'll, I'll do a D minus on that. Uh, I, we're harping so much on these masks, and I know we're not supposed to give them credit or not. I would just feel bad because there's so few car dealers that are abiding. Uh, that, that affects my decision. And the other thing is, uh, they're not much worse than a lot of dealers out there. Uh, I think we got to let them squeak by. Uh, I, uh, I agree with the creativity on the dealer fee. They really brought that to a new level of expertise and deception. Right. And, uh, it is, and it gave me a good laugh. It's admirable. Maybe, maybe because we had a good laugh, we'll let them squeak by. But we will be back, Coggin, Honda, and <laughs> Fort Pierce. We will be back, and we might not be so generous next time. That's right. Okay, where are we now? We got any text okay. or anything? Uh, Jonathan, I think we've got about two minutes left. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in to Earl on Cars. We definitely appreciate your company. You're an important part of the show. Stay tuned next week, same time, same station, and be safe and wear your mask.